I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this is Curate Curiosity. Four months and a couple of weeks. And yet it's still nothing compared to the nights on the beach. Those eyes and don't peek. No. Hello again. I'm excited to be here for another episode of Curate Curiosity. I'm here with my new friend Tracy, and we are going to dive into who she is uh, in her life here in Chicago, as well as some of the travel that she's done solo uh, beyond the city. So super excited to dive into her story today and see if there are some things that we can pull out that'll help us explore as well. I'm your host, Dietrich Hunter, and again, this is Curate Curiosity. Love a good live recording. It's always a little bit better to be in the same room rather than on the same Zoom. So Tracy, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, hello. So my name is Tracy. I am from the Chicagoland area. I grew up in Cicero, um, living in the suburbs now, a little further west. Um, I'm working in the city. I'm an educator. Uh, I've been doing this 11 years. Yeah. 11 years, I think, um, at the high school level. And I want to say, like, I started 13 years ago at the college level. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> sweet, sweet. So, you're definitely in education. You're here in the city. Um, and you're, would you count yourself as a Southsider being all, all the way out there? For sure. 100%. Mm -hmm. Through and through. Sox fan. Sox all yep. the way. Interesting. Yeah. enemy in the house is all the way. <laughs> no big deal. So it's been cool uh, to kind of get connected via mm -hmm. um, Instagram and just kind of peeking into each other's stories and understanding the narrative behind uh, being in education in Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. To and through COVID, right? To and through another year. Um, we have had some transitions and, and you are still finding yourself um, in, in that setting. Are there any uh, things that you want to plug or any shout outs you want to give to other educators or other people who might see this uh, once we're finished here today? Ooh, that's a great one. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, plug the public school system, the city of Chicago, um, the CTU, the District 99. That's the district that I came from. That's the one that, that I grew up from, from Cicero. So yeah, so just supporting them and just letting them know that we love them and we appreciate them, all you guys. Beautiful, yeah. Shout out to District 99, right? It's beautiful to be in education, and I'm sure that everyone would be like, ah, or whatever, but like this idea of being in the classroom every day is a reflection of the classrooms you experienced as a child. Yeah. And it's super cool to be able to give similar experiences or better, right, experiences. Because let's mm -hmm. be honest, every experience we have as children in the classroom mm -hmm. should not be repeated, right? But many, many, many of those lessons that I gave and taught in my 10 or so years in the yeah. classroom were direct, direct connections and kind of imitations or emulating some of what I saw. So love that shout out. Yeah. Beautiful, Tracy. Thank Beautiful. you. As we go forward today, we're going to let the people get to know you a little bit with a game we like to play on okay. the show. So one got to go. Getting started with a layup, an easy question. Okay. One that kind of just shows me who people are their tastes which one gotta go popcorn chips cookie or candy again popcorn chips cookies or candy cookies cookies yep do tell Why? cookies when i think of like childhood i think of childhood candies okay then how nostalgic is it when you're able to go into a shop and you see these little candies that maybe were like 10 cents when you were little or mm -hmm. you know you just associated with a memory 100%. when you were a child so yes, yeah, so I would definitely keep the candy. I think the most out of the list. Let go of cookies. I don't. I can live without them. Like cupcakes to me. Out. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I feel like my childhood. Every day after school. I mean, I love candy. Mm -hmm. Every day after school, though, we would get cookies at my grandma's house. Really? Yes. So she would make them, right? They were just in the jar. Yeah. But there was enough that we had to have a rule. You can't have more than three cookies at a yeah. time. Yeah. Right. So huge box of cookies that we would always break into dunking them hot cocoa milk whatever time of year it was 
So for me, I gotta keep cookies. I would have to say, I'm not like a savory person, so popcorn mm-hmm. and chips, either one of those could go really, but I think okay. probably popcorn. Awesome. So now, some Chicago. Here we go. Chicago style. So, Chicago style pizza, Chicago style hot dogs, Chicago style Italian beef, or pizza puffs. Chicago. Which one's gotta go? Oh, which one's gotta go? Which one? One gotta go. Oh. One is gonna, you, you yeah, are yeah. eliminating. I was, You're not choosing I, one to eat. I was picking the best one. Oh, no. Okay. Um, you are taking one and kicking it out. Hot dogs. Hot dogs are gone. Skedaddle, gotta sport, go. Sport mm-hmm. peppers, nah. nah. Neon, neon relish, out. Nah. Whole thing. Whole thing. Tell me why. Well, when I was a little girl, <clears throat> I would go to my aunt's house. I spent a lot of time with my aunt. She's great. She's in Bridgeport. Mm. And um, I just remember having, you know, all these these foods and stuff when I was little. You know, I don't know whether it was a hot dog or whatever, like elotes, like, you know, Mexican yeah. corn. Um, but I remember when I was little, I don't remember if it was my aunt or my uncle. It was Maybe it was my aunt. I remember her telling me some of the things that hot dogs were made of. <laughs> So she re- oh my she god Auntie Dorothy did it for me Dang. that was it but I'm glad she was honest with me I'm glad because people were definitely in feeding kids hot someone, dogs all the time someone was lying to me I guess my whole life everybody around me was lying to wow. me um, but once my I think it was my aunt I have, I have to say it was her yeah because um, she's a person who would tell like it is she put you on like, Yo, she's like listen here kid you. you gotta know Dang. if you're gonna eat them eat them but I'm just letting you know so that was, I was like, wait a minute, what? And then as I, as, you know, as I got older and reflecting on that, so as I got older, the internet's coming a thing. So I'm like literally Googling, like, oh, what, what, how are these made? Oh, don't Google, that. Don't don't Google, Google that. it. <laughs> it's disturbing. That's stupid. I've heard so the same, it. but I just, I don't know if I would get rid of hot dogs. I, there's a spot in Chicago. It's not, I mean, it would be on your way home if you were headed like up Ogden, right? Okay. It's called Lulu's. It's like on Ogden and Taylor Street. Beautiful old timey Chicago spot. They have a two for one the hot dog deal. It's probably no longer like two fifty. It used to be two hot dogs, fries on top. Classic Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. And those hot dogs were just like just like perfect, like right after the bar food. Perfect. Oh, I'm late for my train. Gotta like yeah. grab some. And it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. Just super cheap, right? So like, I th- when I think Chicago dogs, that's exactly where my mind goes, and I, I can't not think it, right? Obviously, you gotta got like Portillos and mm-hmm. Gene Jews and other spots, but I gotta keep. I gotta keep hot dogs. I don't care what they're made out of. If Fair. I'm being honest, you know Fair. what I mean? Like Fair. there's a lot of stuff I could eat that uh, that I don't really need to think about it. All right, so this last one, I have four foods that in this house would get ordered pretty much anytime we're going out. One more than the others. I know what I want from this list. This is hard for me to say because I just don't know how anyone would ever take this one off. <laughs> but we're going to run it. Uh, burritos, obviously. Uh, tortas. Tacos, but not just tacos. I think they're called like queso, queso birrias, like the cheesy ones. Yeah. Those deals. And then jibaritos. <laughs> See what I mean? The the birria, the birria gotta go. Torta or chivarito? Why? Why is the birria go. gotta hit the road? Um. Well, one I have IBS. Okay. Yeah, you're like so. <laughs> I'm not I don't doing. Need I'm not. I'm that's just a bit there. too much for me. Boom. Circling back to this list. Yes. Let's highlight the greatest dish on all out of all four of those. I'm biased. Yeah. My favorite food on earth is a jibarito. <laughs> so, Twins. So I'm glad Twins. that you mentioned that. <laughs> so there's a spot if you want a spot. I don't know if you need a spot. Everybody needs a spot. Yes. Um, it is called Papas Cache. I will meet you there any day of the week, sir, on Division. It was actually my Puerto Rican friends down the street who put me onto this place. Mm-hmm. And every Wednesday, I think it was Wednesdays, so we had half a day. So I have a day, like, my coworkers go out to eat, and um, they had recommended this spot down the street. So I walk down there, and I get this jibarito. I got a chicken jibarito, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> now, I've had a jibarito in my day, Yo. but this is something different. Yo. And so religiously, on Wednesdays, oh. my coworkers knew if they were going somewhere else, don't even invite me, right. my friend. Don't even invite me. You know where I'm going. 
us in with some of your recommendations around the city. Also, letting us know a little bit about you and your taste. But what about travel? As we kind of pivot our time towards mm-hmm. talking about uh, your best trip and your worst trip and whatever else you want to share <clears throat> with us today, what inspires you to travel? Oh, that's a great question. What inspires me to travel? Um, it's the curiosity. You're in the right place. Yeah, this is, I mean, goes along with the title. <laughs> uh, it's the curiosity. I, so I started traveling when I was a little girl. Okay. The one thing that my father would always make sure we would have when, when we were kids is every summer we would go to Florida. Florida was like our place. Loved Florida. And as a little girl, I remember thinking, this is amazing. We get on this plane and like two hours later, it's an, it's like a whole new world. Yeah. There's palm trees. There's all type like of creatures. Movie, yeah. It really style. felt like, yeah, 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 like get like stepping into a movie scene, yeah. you know? And I'm just like, whoa, everyone here walks around in flip flops and chanclas all day. Like this is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, you know, the animals, the climate, the fact that it would just, it would rain for a couple minutes or something. And then all hard. of a sudden it's really hard. Yeah. Rain hard. And then it goes away and you're just like, whoa, what is this place? <laughs> All these things are growing here. And so as a child, I was always so fascinated by that, that it was just a short journey and I would be like in a whole nother world. And then as I got older, I started, you know, as I got into like high school, that's when I really started traveling. It really, it really started. And it just, I was just wanting more and more of it. Like I wanted to learn more and meet new people, even across the country, across the U.S. Hearing how people had different dialects different people eat different they they celebrate different things in different parts of the country mm-hmm. there's different ethnicities just you know in high school i started to really open those doors yeah when you say you started to travel in high school was mm-hmm. that more like with your school was that with a school program or some other thing you were doing outside of school or was that still family so it was a mix of things my first trip my first big trip was with my friend Jessica, and we were seniors in high school. And so she has a half-brother who's, uh, he's Mexican. He lives in Cancun, or he did live in Cancun. But she was like, hey, um, he wants to, for my senior year graduation, he says that, you know, he wants me to come down and invite me to bring a friend at all-inclusive, like, resort just to hang out. Like, it's a family-owned thing. I was like, wait, what? And at that point, I didn't grow up... um, traditional Mexican customs or cultures. I didn't grow up speaking Spanish or visiting Mexico or anything. So I was like, oh my God, she and I are going to have a great time. One, we're like best friends. Two, I'm like, well, this would be a great experience. Neither one of us have really had this experience going there. It's spring break. It's going to be a great time for us. We had so much fun. We had so, and then it it started making me curious about my own culture. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. I'm Mexican. I need to know this shit. Like, I need to dig into this, you know? Yeah. So I started getting curious, but that was my first big trip. And then that same year, that same year, I believe, I went on a camping trip, a school trip. Okay. I had a high school English teacher. Okay. And she had a trip planned to Canada to canoe the Boundary Waters. Ooh, shout out to high school English teachers. She was, yeah. No, she is. She's a really cool person. Actually, we're supposed to meet up next month, so that's going to be really cool. I haven't seen her in a while, so that'd be cool. But that really opened my eyes because I had never traveled like that. Mm-hmm. I've never done an outdoorsy thing like that. My family didn't do that stuff. So I was like, okay, well, what is this? That shit was tough. <laughs> I dropped weight. I was like, whoa, look at this jawline. I'm losing weight on this trip. Dang, it, it was, it was, it will, it will. It was intense. It was so fun though. Um, it completely took me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, I was with a whole group of strangers and um, my German friend Merle came with me. She was also in school with me. She was an exchange student. Oh, wait. And so <laughs> she, with you? Uh, she ended up staying with me for a little bit. Um, I think at this time she wasn't staying with me yet, but she stayed with me for a little bit. She was an exchange student with another family. And she ended up going on this trip with me. So it was just me and her. And, and we're just like, this is, this is crazy. What the hell are we doing? Right. But it was so fun out of my comfort zone, um, you know, big trip, but it wasn't too far away. So there was that. And then my third big one in high school was um, visiting her, actually. Oh, in Germany? Yeah, in Germany. So I went to Germany for three weeks when I was 18. So I did three big things in that year. And that was that was it. Like, that, there was no turning back at that yeah. point. I was like, wow. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm, I'm like, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, good. how do I keep doing this? How do I get more of this? 
so yeah so visiting her was awesome like my first time in europe yeah. as an 18 year old That's and staying with someone that i know and mm. it was yeah it was amazing just every little thing i remember going into her house and just soaking up every little thing mm. that i saw Before like part of germany she lived in a town called bad oldeslo Bad old, I'm yeah. Bad old, at, at bad German, uh, old, slow. At least that's German. how it's spelled. O l d e s l o e, maybe. We'll throw it in the show notes. Um, yeah. cute little small town, and I remember she like worked in like a farmers market. Cool. It was like my first exposure to like a farmers market. Oh, you were like, so I was like, what? Whoa! And young people do this too. <laughs> like, they go out and get like fresh yeah. fruit outside and. In a plaza? It'll change your life. Yeah. They were, you. they were bike riding everywhere. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Right. We're missing out. 100%. So, yeah. 100%. So, that's, that's what kicked it off for me. Dang. That is a very inspiring narrative of, like, your travel arc seems so full of, like, I think two things, right? One, there's a ton to explore. But two, this other aspect you mentioned, there's a ton to be proud of. Mm -hmm. Right, you have your familial like traditions around travel. You have discovering aspects of your Mexican heritage, as well as going deep with new friends and exploring where they come from or what these people want to show you. Mm -hmm. And I think that those two layers of of being able to say, "Man, I'm going to explore this," but then also I'm going to honor and explore these parts of myself, mm -hmm. is like, mm, like how would you not want to? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I hear your story, though, those two things seem like just two beautiful paths that you would want to keep tapped in. focus on a couple trips to try to glean from you out of your you know plethora of experience what stands out as like mm, one of the many jewels of travel that you've had mm -hmm. so yeah set the scene what's your best trip tracy yeah this one i feel a little torn because i definitely don't feel like there's just one um if you're doing it right then it won't there wouldn't be just one right oh i like this okay I will say, I will start off with saying that my favorite place, my favorite city in the U.S. is New York. Okay. I go every single year. Dang. Every year. Never been. I'm going to have to get what? tons of wrecks. Stop. Cancel this. I've never been. Stop the show. Not once. Really? Not even not even on the layover. Okay. Never. No, it deserves so much more than a layover. Yeah. I'm, it does. I'm sure. We'll yeah. definitely have to talk about that. Good, yeah. But New York is definitely my favorite city. I go every year. Um, there is just so much to do and so much to see. So... I think I was maybe 16 or 17 was my first yeah. time there. And I grew up on hip hop. Okay. So I grew up like, I so I was like, whoa, this place is like the music videos, right? So I'm just Yo, like, right? yeah. That's so really wild, it was, yeah, it was pretty crazy. cool. Yeah. So my first time there, I actually stayed in the Bronx. It was with a family friend. What? Yeah. So my niece's father, he's from the Bronx and his family invited us down there to go and, and visit for like oh. Thanksgiving break. I think it was. And uh, I think I was like a sophomore, I want to say. I went down and stood in the Bronx. So I was just like, he's like, yeah, Big Pun hangs out over here at this place across the street. I'm like, what? That's crazy. He's like, yeah. Yeah, he was at the bodega. Right? He's, he's like, right? Yo. So that, I don't know. That's I don't know if I would say it's my favorite trip, but that's my favorite place. But maybe my favorite trip was um, Chile. Chile. Maybe it was Chile. Chile. All right, we'll set the scene. Where are we going? Who was with you? When was this? So this was 2008, I want to say. But there was a program. It was a English English Open Doors program. It was a, I went to this place called the TEFL Institute. And in the TEFL Institute, um, it's to get the certification so you can teach English abroad. 100%. So as I was going through my teaching program, I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can find a way to merge that into the other passion I have, which is travel. Mm -hmm. So I'll be able to teach with my education background, but then also get the certificate to kind of like, you know, yes. double up on it. Yes. So I go to the TEFL Institute, and then I find out that they have three programs that they uh, promote. There was one to Spain, mm -hmm. one to China, and one to Chile. Wow. 
So I was like, okay, Spain, I'm going to wait until I'm older to go there because I know I'm going to want to stay there longer mm-hmm. or maybe I'll want to live there later. Like I just, in my head, I had all these ideas like fantasizing what Spain could be as an older person. So I was like, I'll just wait for that. But Chile was like, okay, Chile is what the hell? I'm just like, I I don't even, I don't know anything at this point about really about South America, what it would be like to visit there, to live there, to stay there. I didn't know anything. So I was like, this is going to be challenging. I started like watching videos and stuff to hear like their dialect. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be challenging. I was like, yeah, because it's so different from like Mexican Spanish. 100%. Yeah, did you know Spanish so at this point? So I was or? learning it already. Okay, cool. So I started learning it, and then my ears started picking up. And then also I have like Puerto Rican family, so listening to mm, Puerto Rican Spanish and Mexican word. Spanish, yeah. you, you kind of start you know, getting a little more familiar with vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But Chilean Spanish was very different. So, like, uh, so anyway, so I decided to go to Chile. It was a three-month program. And I was like, whoa, listen, I'm going to go all in on this trip. So if I don't want to go for a week. It's far away. Let me just do the three-month program. I signed up for it, and it just, like, rocked my world. It really rocked my world because, well, you know, you've been to South America. We landed in Santiago, Chile, and it was a group of us, but we were all separated. Hmm. So we only met, really, for just a short period of time, like, getting to know you kind of okay. experience. Mm-hmm. We met here in Chicago. Um I forgot what it, what the event was, but we met here in Chicago. We knew what we were basically going to be um, heading down to. So we all head down to, to Chile, and then we end up staying in a hostel. We shared a couple meals together, had some small talk, but then we got our assignments, and we were all – they're, they're divided up into regions, like zones, right? Got it. So um, I was a couple hours south of Santiago. I think I was two or three hours south of Santiago. At a school? Or? At a school, yeah. So we were all placed in different schools all throughout the country, and – I was like, well, I, I don't need to be in the city, right? I don't need Santiago. I'm cool. I'm good. Yeah, yeah I I was very isolated. Oh, dang. <laughs> it was very isolating. There was really not many people who were, in fact, I don't think there was anyone who was in my age group. A very small town. It was a very region. small town. It was a very small town. It's and mountainous there in that region. Oh, yeah. You could see the Andes throughout the whole it's incredible. You can see the Andes through the whole region. And Chile is such a narrow little country, so yeah. you can really see. It's just, it's beautiful. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So, I was staying with a family. My host mom was a great woman. She's an incredible woman. And I had a host sister. They were just such sweet people. Uh, but my host sister, she left. And a lot of the people will leave. Uh, it's called Sagrada Familia. Okay. So, they will leave this town and go out to the city, which is Talca is the closest city. Okay. And then you have Curico. I think it's Curico and Talca, I think, are, are similar distance. But these are the two bigger cities. Yeah. And then you have Santiago, which is the bigger of the of all of them. So I would go to the store or something, and I would see, like, my students. But the store was an interesting experience. I recommend okay. if anyone, anyone, anywhere you travel international, mm-hmm. go to a market, go to a grocery store. Mm. Just go. Just be curious. Just go, like, and just read the signs. Like, take your time. Just take your time and just, even if you're not going to buy anything, just go and, and see how do they eat, what's shopping like there, you know, just go and check it out. So I'm walking around and they have a sign that says Choclo. So C-H-O-C-L-O, right? So I'm like, Choclo? But that's, that's fucking corn. So I'm just like, where does this vocabulary term come from? So then I'm getting curious now and I'm like, did I miss something in Spanish class? <laughs> like, what? what the hell? I'm like... <laughs> What did I miss? And then I find out that it's it's from their dialect, from their indigenous dialect. And then I start picking up. I have a conversation with like my host family, and then my students are are sharing things with me. And I learned that like for example, here here like we say novio or novia for like boyfriend girlfriend. Well, that means husband or wife in Chilean Spanish, and they say pololo or polola. Uh, That's boyfriend and girlfriend for them. Or like I learned like wawa is a baby for them. Mm. So just it was just. Those are pieces of why it was such a great experience for me. It took me entirely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I was super isolated. So it's actually the first time I got into novelas. Okay. I never watched novelas. You were just at the house. Yeah. I was at the house, chilling. Why? Get my stories <laughs> real quick. Okay. I was so into it. Well, and also, 
you have to really if you don't speak the language you have to really fixate on mm -hmm. what they're saying how they're saying it so i'm literally like not even watching the characters but like watching the subtitles yeah. and translating it in my brain to like mexican spanish now i'm just like mm -hmm. wait a minute wait a minute how do i figure yeah. out these words so that was like that was an interesting experience i was uh alone often because my host mom was working so I was alone often. So when I got out of work, because again, there was nobody there my age pretty much, it was like yeah. the parents of my students, my students and their younger siblings, and that was it. Oh. So I was going to Santiago as often as I could. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I have to find another city. I gotta get I out of here. To get, yeah, I gotta go and do something. Let me pause you and recap just to make sure <laughs> I'm hearing you. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you said you, you would have to say your best trip was Chile, right? So you got your TEPL kind of cert, um, mm -hmm. you got assigned just outside of Santiago mm -hmm. and uh, you had a host family you were staying with yeah. so you had some built-in community um, a little insulated right also a little isolated yep. um, but also you know able to find your rhythm it sounds like yeah. right so when you think about that time you stayed there but on your time um, in this space in Sagrada Familia going to Santiago being in the classroom are there any like standout stories that emerge from that time so they have a lot of dogs on the street mm. and um i'm an animal lover oh no <laughs> i'm a huge animal oh, lover no. so i feel like i know where this is going this i hope is, i'm wrong oh you're probably not wrong mm. um so i'm a huge animal lover and um okay so let me backtrack chile has an incredible bus transportation system really yes so in the sticks out in yes Santiago, they have a great bus system so oh. these buses run like clockwork all throughout chile and i'm saying this because for a solo traveler mm. i was relying on those buses to go to santiago and even further north because i ended up going all the way north so, and i'll tell you about that in a second but cool. that was just something that i relied on and so in these buses you could just see dead dogs off the sides of the road. I know your face. I oh, know man. that was my face. The first time I saw this, I was like literally in shock because these buses are just flying down the expressway. They're just oh, going and dogs. there's, yeah. And there's tons of stray dogs everywhere. So I was just like, okay, there's a, there's a bigger, deeper thing going on here. I don't know what it is yet. I'm not sure, but I'm kind of curious. And you know, I have this um, assignment in this smaller town. Mm -hmm. And so walking around the neighborhood, there's like packs of dogs everywhere. Oh yeah and they're clearly starving and they're just running around so i'm curious like in my mind i was just wondering do they is it like is neutering a dog not a thing or like what is the what's the cultural norm here right yeah good question but then working in the school every day they had buckets and buckets of food waste mm. i mean food that nobody ate they just didn't serve it yeah so i was like okay listen i was like we're feeding dogs Listen, I, I need, can I have this bucket? I will bring the, I will put it in the garbage bag and bring the bucket back to you. They're just like, wait, what? They thought I was crazy. They thought I was like the biggest weirdo, but I was like in my heart and soul. Well, one, I just don't like wasting anything. Mm. I don't want to waste things. Like I, if we can do, if we can serve a little less, you know, let's make a little less, let's serve a little less. If Got people it. want more, give them more, but let's not waste these things. Right. Yeah. Go, like, you know, having that mindset and then going over there and I'm like, okay, there's something small I can do, yeah. right? I might not be here very long, but so I was like, you know, getting some like disposable plates. I even went to the store and was like, okay, let me get some extra spoons or something, something. And what I would do, cause they were starving, you know? So you have to be careful when you feed them cause they'll bite the shit out of you. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, rates. let me, let me pre pre prep some plates and just kind of slide them off at different parts in the street. So I'm walking down the street with this fucking garbage bag of like food, like rice or like beans or breads, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And my students are just walking by, they're looking at me. And a couple of my students actually did stop to help me. No way. Yes. Cause they saw like, okay, like maybe, maybe deep down they really wanted to do it, but yeah, they're kids. They don't yeah. want to be embarrassed. You know what I mean? They just maybe didn't know what they're that just was like, an option, right? Who's this weird lady? Yeah, maybe they didn't know. Yeah. Maybe they didn't know that it was a thing they could do. Yeah. Um, so I stopped and I was like feeding dogs and that is something that I will like always take with me Yeah. because it, it was the first time I had seen so many dogs on the street treated this way. And yeah. I was like, Oh, it's hurting my soul. But I felt like I could do something. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I ended up taking a trip over to Argentina oh, yeah. when I was down there and it was, a, it was a huge contrast. I don't know your experience when you were there, but were because Aires, yes, I was in Buenos Aires. And so, as soon as I got there, I was expecting the same treatment of animals, but I saw the complete opposite. Mm. It was a 180 difference. 
there's all these like pet boutiques and like yep. people carrying their little dogs everywhere. And everybody I was like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah, that was a special experience. Something that I will remember. Yeah. So then if you were there, you said you tried to get to Santiago as much as you could. Yeah. And in those trips, mm-hmm. um, did you, were you like staying in hostels? Were you just taking day trips? Hostels. Yeah. 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 Tell me about the hostel scene in, in Santiago. Yeah. So the company that I prefer the most uh, is Hosteling International. Okay. It's a pretty large chain. Um, I don't know if they downsize or not. I'm, I'm assuming they're still large. But I always sit at the hostel in um, in Santiago. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, pretty cool people. And what I like about this company is that every one of their hostels that I've stayed at, the service has been the same. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty consistent all across cool. the board. I stood with them in Argentina. I've stood with them in definitely in Mexico, in Chile. They have one in Chicago. They have one in New York. They're what? literally all over the What's world. What's it called again? Hosteling International. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. It's simple to remember. Yeah. Awesome. So it was nice. Yeah. It was a good experience. Um, and then every time I went, like I would meet people in the hostel and stuff and it was cool. Mm-hmm. People just like, Hey, you want to go here tonight? Or we're going to go have dinner there. It's oh. just like the hostel scene I think is pretty fun. It's connected. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially for a solo traveler. Yeah. I think that that's, I experienced a little bit of that this last couple of weeks solo traveling in Europe, just, just in Paris. But I think that the idea of like being able to make connections where you're staying versus mm-hmm. Um, you know, just getting the cheapest hotel room possible. Right. Totally different, right? right? There's some inconveniences there. Yeah, I'm sharing a shower. I have people snoring in my room who I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Who I can't nudge, right. right? But at the same time, I mean, the the benefits far outweigh yeah. um, the isolation of, you know, trying to then you know, either manufacture connections or just have a great time. Cause yeah. I had a great time solo traveling and, and, and staying in a hostel there. Aside from the hostel, or even maybe in the surrounding area, mm-hmm. were there neighborhoods uh, in Santiago you would recommend, like for people to stay or visit? I like to get lost when I travel. Oh, so you're a wanderer. I like to wander and make oh, myself get wander. lost. <laughs> okay. It's Classic. fun. He's got a tattoo right here. <laughs> so that's, no, I'm going to write that down right now. But um, yeah, I think it's so fun. Uh, sometimes scary, not gonna lie. Sometimes you're like, eh, not like, not the best. Let me just turn. let me oh. just go back that way. Um, but I like to wander. So when I would go to Santiago, I would just walk in one direction for a while, mm. and then if it's getting a little dark, I'm like, all right, <laughs> either I take a cab back yeah. or I start walking back the other way. Hmm. Um, but I like doing that because then you find these places that you least expect. And you're just like, holy shit, the people are dancing on this street. What's going on here? You turn another way, there's a fun little cafe and there's live music, you know? So that's kind of the fun part, I think, about it, about just wandering. So, yeah, I did that in just various neighborhoods all throughout Santiago. Yeah, what did you stumble upon? Um, People playing music yeah. in random streets. Just like watching kids play yeah, outside. People watching, yeah. Just people watching. So fun. Sweet. And I love like city centers mm. because, you know, it's not like a thing here in the U.S. Yeah, like a, yeah. a Socalo, really the right? Third space, you right. Know? So that's kind of cool. I love finding those spots um, in Latin America and then also in Europe. Dope. Yeah, with the music down there in Chile, what, do they have a specific kind of like, I know Buenos Aires at least is known for its tango. There are a lot of other kinds of music throughout the rest of Argentina, mm-hmm. but is there anything special about the music down there? Or they have they folk. Kinda... They have their own folk music. Um, they actually have a dance. Uh, what is it called? I can't remember the dance, but it's so cute. My students actually did. They performed it. No it was adorable. Yeah, they have like a little, um, almost like a, a, a napkin or a cloth that okay. they play it with. It's so cute. Awesome. And they have their awesome. traditional hats and stuff. Oh, it was wow. really sweet. Yeah, That's good stuff. Yeah, That's really great. cool. Sounds like a pretty, uh, pretty awesome way to kind of wander. Yeah, know? it's fun. Good stuff. Well, then, in your time wandering, I'm sure you had a great amount of eats. In your small town, is there like a specific food that that region is known for? I know that Chile is close to the sea, so I don't know if it was close enough for you to get some decent seafood. I don't eat seafood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I just, seafood wasn't my thing, but in Chile, um, so they're known for something called choripan. Choripan. Chori- Let's go. You just spoke to my soul. <laughs> it's in Argentina too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. 
So choripan, I like choripan. That was pretty good. So right, it's like a little like a chorizo, right, with like a in a bread. It's pretty simple. Yeah, it's, so it's pretty simple. It's really how it's prepared. I think yeah. that's what really makes it so delicious. Um, yeah, so that was good, but uh, I I can't say that I was incredibly adventurous okay. in trying a lot of foods in Chile. I ate a lot of just soup. Um, but they do make these different breads and I don't know the name of them. Okay. I have no idea what they are, but their breads are delicious. Solid. Dippable? I, dippable in the soup. Absolutely. I don't know what kind of breads they are, but it was great. Cool. And so they do something called once. Okay. It's a little, um, uh, cultural tradition that they have mm -hmm. in the evening. It doesn't necessarily coincide with the number 11, which is once, yeah. right? Okay. So it's not like an 11 PM thing that they like do, but it could be, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how I would explain this because it seems like some people practice this a little differently. Okay. Um, some nights we would do it at like 7 PM. Some nights like 11 or not, or not, not 11, seven or like nine ish. Oh, and so like my host mom would come home and she would prepare like coffee and tea mm. have like little like a uh, breads like some soup it was like light foods that you would have but it was like a time to sit together and socialize Dang. oh my god i loved it because because i didn't have that growing up yeah. so it was like like it wasn't like a just a communal thing i didn't have that you know as a child like my my father's working all the time like you know other family dynamics so this wasn't a normal cultural practice at all for me or my family so having to come and sit together and like hang out and just socialize and enjoy each other's company and watch a novella together <laughs> with, with my host Ooh, mom yeah. catching her up on the episode of today yeah. having like soup and like it was just so sweet it was great yeah so that was just not necessarily a particular food but a, an event Tradition. yeah oh i loved it yeah i definitely love that too i think i might steal that that sounds awesome yeah because i think it's just like it's the intentionality of it, right? It's not even necessarily like the content of the meal, like absolutely, you said, right? Yeah. It's like the fact that everyone knows yep. that this is where they want to be. Mm -hmm. This is a place that they're welcome, a spot where they know they'll have connection. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a consistent pause yeah. where they'll just like share that moment. Yeah. And I think that that's like mm -hmm. those are the things of traveling for yeah. me that inspire me because I think like I mean after my time in Spain studying mm -hmm. abroad since that time i didn't grow up having dessert every day mm -hmm. and then our host mom every day she was like postre this is your postre for today and i was like that's an option <laughs> i was like unless i'm in a restaurant or it's like the weekend yeah we didn't have dessert yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. same so yeah same it's like it was interesting to be like yo 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 we yeah. can we can do that anytime <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah you're like it's, it's not like, for a celebration it's just Right. It's just part we of... We don't have to, like, have... It's not someone's birthday? Yeah. Right? Like, crazy. Yeah. So, I 100% agree, and I'm yeah. definitely stealing that. Because I think that when you have families, especially in the States, where it's like, we're in the car for 40 minutes to come back from wherever right. we were working or picking the kids up, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. You have these layers of, like, dead time, but required dead time. Mm -hmm. And I think that finding a way to increase quality of life with third spaces, mm -hmm. but as well as creating those third space rhythms in your family yeah. i mean how could you not right yeah. after you know you can't yeah. unknow that yeah i agree with that that's a good statement i would say i agree with that if i was going to be in santiago for like 24 hours what spot for sure oh, would you like you, you know gotta what? try this bar you gotta check out this restaurant it would, you know what? There was a lot of cafes I went to, mm. not a particular one, but literally just wandering. I tried to not pick one particular place. Okay. Whereas if it was like New York or something, I probably would be set on like, I'm like, I, I need to go here. Yeah. But I didn't feel like that about Santiago. Cool. I was like, I just want to get lost. I want to mm. see where's all the people, where are they going? Right. Yeah. So if I see people like all the moms going to this place and shopping, I'm like, okay, the moms are going there. Their moms know what's fresh. Let me go there. Right. 100%. Or if I see like people getting off work and they're all going to a cafe or a bar. Okay, cool. All the locals are gathering there. Let me go and just, hmm. let me go hit up that place. So never like a particular place, just literally wandering. Wandering. And yeah. Locals. So fun. That's a great wreck. I think for food, especially in a spot that even if you're slightly familiar with one, I think you could do that in any city. Right. Mm -hmm. That's like another one of those like, principles for just how to yeah. move through a space because I think it helps you navigate and kind of control 
both your expectations and your outcomes because you're always going to be surprised, mm -hmm. right? And if it doesn't yeah. go well, you're like, well, I didn't really have a lot built on that, yeah. right? If it does, you're like, you know, I found this great little cafe in the mm -hmm. middle of wherever neighborhood, yeah. right? So beautiful. That's awesome, Tracy. I like that. I think I'm getting a lot of ideas from you. I might have to steal cool. these for our travel rhythms because if you can't tell, I, I do like to travel, like you said, for New York because I usually choose one thing a day that's like, hmm. I really want to make sure we do this. After yeah. that, I'm wandering. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of a both and for me. I like to try to hit, you know, one nugget a day. We usually both, Audrey and I, choose one thing that we both have as like our non-negotiable for that day or right. that week. And then from there, you know, we kind of just move with mm -hmm. flexibility. stay in your time in Chile on this best trip what other stuff did you experience right what did you get to do while you were there I took the bus all the way north all the way to the desert what is so that, yes it yeah. is it's the Atacama it's the driest desert in the world Wild. it's are there salt flats up there or somewhere else in they're there? in Bolivia okay mm -hmm. yeah they're in Bolivia but this was uh, really special because there's a few little stops you can go along the way. Mm. So there's a group of girls. Um, we all we all were in the same program, but again, separated in different places. Yeah. But we all decided to go up to the Atacama because we had some time off. So we're like, okay, let's go all the way up. So we made a few stops along the way, a few different cities mm -hmm. uh, or a few different towns. La Serena is a big one. It's okay. like a coastal town. Sweet. Um, so then a couple others we stopped in. But when we got to the desert, for me, it's like, it is one of my most favorite places mm. I've ever been in my life. Wow. And when I was there, you could um, participate in this like night sky watching activity. Oh, so I didn't know that this part of, of the world of Chile has some of the clearest skies in the hemisphere. Mm. So going down there was insane. And they were, so we ended up doing um, like a little tour with this man. He was a retired um, astronomer or something. And he spoke like four different languages and he had these ginormous telescopes set up in the middle of the freaking desert and they were all pointed at different things. So when you look up in the sky, like with the naked eye, you can see some things, but you obviously can't see exactly what they are. As soon as you look in these telescopes where he has them positioned, I was like, I'm going to like fall out on the floor right now. It, you could see a whole galaxy. That's insane. It's the craziest thing. I'm just like, when I was a kid... I wanted to be an astronaut <laughs> until I was 18 years old. So I had this like fascination with this curiosity of what's up there, you know? Yeah. And so looking through these telescopes, I'm like, whoa, this is insane. Like you could see planets, you could see the rings. Gosh. I'm just like, how is this? How does this exist? <laughs> yeah. So that was really fascinating. So yeah, yeah, it was so cool. So he had these things set up in different places. Hmm. And so that was like a really humbling experience. The fact that, again, like I get on a plane, what is it, eight, seven, eight hours away, Ooh. and I'm looking through a telescope, and what the hell? I'm looking at a galaxy <laughs> in the driest desert in the, in the hemisphere? Like, Yo, what? Like, while your novellas are just while waiting for you. My novellas, the house, are, you know? <laughs> novellas are waiting for me to get back. I mean, that is crazy. Yo. So, that was a very special experience. Um, it reminds me a little bit of have you been to Chiapas before? No. Okay, so there's a few little places in, in Chiapas, but it reminds me a little bit. It's mountainous. It's, mm. you know, it's it just, um, I think that there are certain scents, smells uh. that, and I don't know how to describe them over a microphone. I don't think I can. I know what you mean, though. But when I ended up going to Chiapas, which was after Chile, as soon as I landed and you're in the mountains and you smell, it smells like like fire. It smelled like like certain herbs, like, I don't know, rosemary or something mm -hmm. and like wood burning or something. These scents that I smelled, like I literally just closed my eyes and it triggered my memory going back to Chile. And I was like, it's really fascinating how scent is connected with your memory, right? Mm -hmm. 
So that's something that I remember about being in the desert in Chile. That was a great experience. And then doing it with a, with a cool group of girls was really fun. It was all of us. It was our first time there, our first, you know, experience doing something like this. So that was really fascinating. So I would say that was probably a very memorable experience um, being there. When something so big mm-hmm. can get that close, yeah. it lets you know how big the world is, but also how, like, yeah like like you can like you said seven hours away yeah seven hours isn't that much time to get to something so different so different right yeah so i'm with you 100 percent. i think those those types of experiences coupled with that wanderer mentality put me in a spot that's what inspires me to travel is Mm -hmm. the fact that like i can plan to go camping in minnesota yeah but i can't plan that the northern lights will be there when i True. Right? You True. know, I can try to now that I know yeah. that. I can, like, look it up online and stuff. But people do that and they get there and sometimes right. it's, it's too cloudy or whatever, right? That's what happened to me in Iceland. Boom. Oh, That's man. exactly what happened. <laughs> we planned this whole, me and my friend are like, oh, God, I can't wait. It's on my yeah. list of things. No, we literally sat, we slept in the car all night at, just at the chance of getting a glimpse. Dang. We set the alarm for like every half hour. And we were waking up looking, no, nothing, and just going to sleep. So yeah. reason to go back. Yo. Or maybe, I don't know, Greenland or yeah. somewhere else. Like I, um, I, Finland, I heard, has pretty good views we, of. I think that anywhere in that Nordic north, yeah. I would try it. Yeah. I would try it for sure. Yeah, definitely worth it. Well, thanks so much for sharing that experience. Any other big highlights from your time in Chile that you were like, oh, man, I really love this trip that we took here, or we got to do this one um, excursion or outing or this one party that that really stands out to you um I would probably highlight so I'm a history person mm-hmm. and so reading about Chilean history um, versus actually being there and seeing like where these things took place mm-hmm. or you know I would say it was pretty interesting because they had a dictatorship, right? Yeah. They had Pinochet, um, and then they had a, a leader who was democratically elected, and the United States government was involved in all right. this. Yeah. So the that's history, this, that's a history that's fascinating <laughs> that I would encourage people to dig into um, while you're there because I feel like you can go to other places, and you know, even if you're doing like an all-inclusive. I mean, it's not my style of traveling, but I know some people love that. Even if you're doing that, I think it's nice to get out and just dig a little bit Mm. into some of the history or a little bit into some cultural experiences off of that main, you know, resort or wherever you're staying Um, or whatever highlights. Maybe like in Chile, it wasn't something that was recommended to me. But as a history person, I was like, I have to get out and I have to do a little I have to see these museums. I have to see where these things occurred. Um, And I was really taken back by in Santiago they still have their military in tanks going down the street. Like there's tanks going down the street. And yeah. And so like going back just to the, Wednesday, just, just chilling, Wednesday. just like rolling through the street. And then when you go and you study the, you know, go back and you look at the history, some of the footage from when these events took place during like Pinochet and all these things. And yeah. Allende, when you go back, you look at during that time period, these tanks were rolling through the streets. And so being there here in 2007, eight, whenever I was there, seeing those tanks rolling down the street from the same palace that was bombed, I'm just like, it's a little much. Whoa, uh, hold on a second. Like, it just like huh. I had to stop for a second because I was like, this is a lot. Like, I, people are just walking by like nothing because I'm sure this is normal for them. They live there, but for me, I'm just like, this is just Whew. taking me back to a period of history that I, I just. Thought was gone. I thought I was hoping it was a closed <laughs> chapter, Yo. but um, that yeah. was yeah. That's interesting too. You bring up this idea of the things we normalize, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. for for you, you were like, "That's super jarring," right? You're like, "There's a tank in the street." I'm here on vacation slash workcation, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the hard thing though is that for other people, especially, and I'm sure you've heard bits of this as you meet people in hostels and travel yeah. in Europe and whatnot. There are so many things that we've normalized here in the States that people can look at from the outside and they're like, yo, yes. what in the world is happening with yes. you right now yes. and in the past? Hands down, right? for so sure. That's one of the plugs. It's like, like you said, go beyond that that um, that reach of your you know, normal bubble, your comfort zone, especially if you're choosing the resort life in a, in a trip like this. Mm-hmm. But I think that if I had to choose one lesson 
from travel, it was how I look at Chicago now, right? Mm -hmm. It's how I look at being at home now, yeah. right? Being in the Philippines and seeing some of the experiences of, of, of extreme poverty, to be honest, in some of the places we went, mm -hmm. um, but also extreme, you know, community, right? Mm -hmm. People were connected in a different way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it made me so ready to see Chicago with different eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was one of the things is like, what things am I not going deeper in here? Yeah. Right? What things do I need to like still keep reaching towards and saying, mm -hmm. do I have this history correct? Am I actually reading what's happening or am I kind of like, on my like normal work friends you right. know sports track and just like yeah. on that track back yeah. home so yeah i guess kind of in the same light you you spent three months there three months is like a long ass time right so mm -hmm. what lessons do you think you pulled out of this trip for yourself anything rise to the top as far as like mm, i learned this about myself generally learned this about chile or i learned this about travel mm. about myself i learned that i could really challenge myself because one like I said I'm not completely fluent in Spanish right I'm proficient so I can read things and I can get by like you know like I'm, I'm fine I could do that but when you're thrown in a situation where the dialect is entirely different like have you been to Colombia no okay well that was another if you listen to Spanish or you are around Spanish speakers for me that was another struggle as well mm. getting my ears used to that dialect so it took me a while in Chile to get my ears used to this dialect. It took me over a week to try to get because the the way in which my um, my host mom would speak is just it just it just didn't flow in my ears, and so I was struggling, and I felt like a fool. I was like, shit! I thought I studied this stuff. Like, I thought I knew this I stuff. I knew yeah, this stuff. Dude, I know the feeling. Um, but yeah, just telling myself like, oh, I could definitely do this. Like, if I could do this for three months, I could. I could definitely do this in other places around the world, That's right? Yeah. And making sure that when you go to these other places, um, people from the United States tend to carry with them this mindset that other cultures and other countries are going to are going to be, I don't know, the hospitality will be similar to how it is in the United States, and that's not necessarily the case. Yes. So learning that things are not always on time, they're slower, they're not always reliable. Things are just very different around the world. Yeah. And so I think when you travel and you're coming from the United States, you can't go into other places and assume that that everyone should go around United States cultural norms. And you know no. you can't you can't do that because if that's the mindset you have, then you don't belong there. Like and you you're should. Be miserable. You will be miserable. <laughs> And it's embarrassing when you see other people from the U.S. behaving in a certain way. You're just mm. like, come yeah. on, man. Like, you're not from here. Don't do that. Trying to be as conscious as I can, you know, in moments where I'm just getting a little frustrated. Like, damn, I've been in this fucking line for 20 <laughs> minutes. And I'm just like, you know what? Hey, shh, just relax. Yeah. What's the rush? Yeah. Why are we always in a rush? We are. <laughs> we, us here, we are. We're always like, go, go, go. It's and like everybody's got main character energy yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But actually, the recent trip to France, I don't know how you feel about France, but France really, man, I was watching these people in France, and I was just like, I I just got back, you just got back from there. And I was like, these people got it down. They don't give a shit. They're so relaxed. I was like, this is amazing. It is. I'm like, this is nice. I gotta, I gotta embrace more of this. For real. Like, I gotta slow down, enjoy the moment a little more. The only place I saw people in France getting heated was on the train. Right. Mm -hmm. If people couldn't get on and off easily, they got they got a little teed up, they were a little irate. So like it yeah. was uh, it was crazy to see that part contrasted against like you said, everybody else being just like pretty much super chill and also right. personable. Yeah. Even when we didn't have like language stuff down, people were still very like I interested and open. And I was yeah. like, let's try it then. Because there is a stereotype with the French people. 100%. And I did not 100%. feel that way. A lot of people are like, oh, you're going to France? Gotta let that go, oh, yeah. they're going to be like this with you. They hate people like you guys. I'm like, what? <laughs> I get there and I only had like one lady who was irritated. Yeah. She was just really irritated with me because I was trying to like point to things and she was just like not having it. Yep. But in two weeks, one person, I mean, come That's on. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Like, Those statistics, I'll take those. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing I noticed too is that older people in France, I think, struggle with the language part more. Okay. So even someone who's like, I, I would say most of the people I met 40 and over, yeah, it was rare that they had really strong, proficient English. 
So people who were under 40 and really even younger than me, like 20s and, the, yeah. and younger, they could speak English pretty easily. Like it was interesting to see. And I don't know if that's how it's been prioritized, like, you know, in the education system. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know how that factors into that, that stereotype that's been passed down to us. It's like yeah. if those people, you know, or the ones you interact with, maybe being ignored um, because there's that language difference. Right. It's translating to people that, oh, they, they're not friendly. Right. They also might not know right. or be able to or be interested in it. Right. We do have this very like mm -hmm. Anglo English first mindset. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, it's not necessarily got to be their their life too. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear you on that, dude. Francis. Francis is good. Leave, leave the French yeah. people alone. Francis, yeah. Francis is good. I can't yeah. wait to go back. Oh, oh God. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's going to be go. great. <laughs> Olympics 2024. Here I come. <laughs> on the way. Are you going to go? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, so I haven't gotten a ticket yet. I mean. You better give them tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right. Tuesdays is the best <laughs> day to buy tickets because it's Wednesdays. So, yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about when I want to go. I just want to make sure I'm there yeah. for the events that I want to see. If okay. I can't get a ticket for the opening ceremony, that's why I'm kind of like holding. Okay. Because if I can't get a ticket for the opening ceremony, I at least want to see at least one athlete or one day of events mm -hmm. that like interests me. So I don't okay. know if I'm going to go climbing or if I want to do like more of the canoe kayak slalom side mm -hmm. or if I want to move. A little bit more generally and just kind of like see there's obviously basketball there's some sevens rugby there's a lot right That's there's cool. a full menu of things that yeah. I'm like, i could cut into um the big questions is the bigger questions are which events and am i going alone again right if, mm -hmm. if audrey or some friends want to come and try to make it a bigger you know family affair awesome but uh yeah i'm, I'm like 80 percent. that was really the reason why i went on this first trip Okay. So I went on this trip the last week really to see what it would look like international stage, okay. big old international city, just to like kind of like grease the wheels on that a little bit to know okay. what that would look like. So it seems doable. It's going to be at least twice as busy um, mm -hmm. for the Olympics, and it's, it's about as long, probably a little bit shorter. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. What's Where does that help? What part of, is it Paris? It's only Paris. So oh, they wow. might do some... They'll probably have events other places, but like Whoa. it's Paris focused. That's the biggest difference too, is that the Rugby World Cup was spread across like six cities yeah. in, in France. Paris was just one of the major ones. Whoa. This will all be in Paris. So from the all the athletes coming with yeah. the staff that goes with each athlete Whoa. to all the spectators from different countries yeah. to all the security and volunteer. It's going to be, Holy Paris crap. is what, 11.3 million people. It's going to at least be I don't know another two hundred fifty, you know, thousand people. Or it's something. gonna be busy, yeah. Out. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. That's gonna be cool. Yep, that'd be cool to see. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll you see. definitely gonna have a great time. There's, yeah, there's some public stuff too because it'll be on the river for part of it, right? So okay. that's the other half is like trying to figure out like, so what can I do for free? What can I do for the cheap? You know, for mm -hmm. like, for like, I'm gonna just be in the zone. Yeah. Um, because they had that for the Rugby World Cup as well, like aspects like viewing areas, mm -hmm. like these like kind of like villages where you can okay. kind of roll up, buying gear and stuff, but also like watching events. Oh, that's cool. Also a very fun vibe, right? That's so really cool. A third space kind of created a bubble where, you know, you're able to interact and engage people. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing, though, unfortunately, will probably be security. I think that during that time, it's just such a ripe space for like things to be you know either stolen or semi-safe right right so i think that'd be the biggest thing i'm factoring in yeah. into some of my like stay and movement choices but it's not gonna stop me yep it's definitely not gonna stop me. that's gonna be cool well before we pivot to your worst trip was there anything else that made your time in chile unforgettable the people yeah just the people just well one we know it's an incredibly beautiful country yeah. it is so different from north to south hmm. the north is you know as you know this dry desert um and then you go all the way south you have like patagonia like yeah. insane i wasn't able to get that far south because of the weather when i was there yeah, super cold but yeah super cold but just it's just so different from north to south so i think that's one part but the people are just so they're just so they just make it right i feel like when you travel as long as you can connect with people, 
you know, listen to them, talk to them, people watch, right? See how they interact with each other. What do they do on the weekends? Like, I love that part about travel, being able to just literally sit there and just, just chill, just watch them, ask them questions, have conversation. And as long as you can connect with a couple people and have some dialogue, yeah. it really can make your whole trip. Everything. It really can, yeah. I'm Dietrich Hunter, and this has been Curate Curiosity. Follow us at Curate Curiosity on Instagram and wherever you listen to podcasts.